When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good, but I already, I miss you. <sighs> Long time no see, Elsie. I know. It's been three days and I'm very sad. <laughs> uh, Four days, maybe? Four days? Has I it can't been? take this kind of separation. You're going to have to move up north. No, it's not good. Plus, there's you know, nothing there's something in North so Carolina nice to be able anyway. to wa- to like sit by each other and work. That was really nice. Also, that you were oh. a floor below me because sometimes when we're at these things, I still feel like you're too far away because you're in like a whole another like tower. Wait. This time you were right below me, and that part was nice too. It was very nice. We got to eat together. We ate together. <laughs> we slept together. <laughs> Did we? Kind of. No, no, but there's this prayer you just reminded me of when I was in summer camp because it was Jewish summer camp. Um, and the thing went, we eat together, we sleep together, and on Shabbat, we pray together. <laughs> and I was just going to finish it with that. And then I realized no one in this audience would understand what I was talking about. <laughs> but yeah, it was nice. It was nice to Should we drink l- together. Oh, drink together. Should we let our people into what we're talking about in case somebody doesn't know that we were uh, in Florida together in Orlando, we were, Florida? Yep, at PodFest. Yes. And it was really fun. Yes, PodFest slash PodFusion, our event, our one-day thingy-majigger that we did that was fun we and finished. out of the box that we've been promoting for how many months now? Uh, we have been promoting it for like six to eight months. Is that not? We have not been messing around. No, I think that we can look back and see when we started because yeah. So you guys are not going to be listening or hearing us uh, promote Pod Fusion anymore. We'll have other things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah. So we're we are back. What did you think of what you saw? It's so hard to say. What did I think of the event? I know how our event went. Well, because I spent most of the time in the lobby. Oh, right. And I always kind of spend most of the time in the lobby. So I wish I could say like, oh, I had all these brilliant takeaways. Oh, um, I get it. But I'm the one giving them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do have brilliant takeaways, though, just from the company that I keep. I get to, you know, share yeah. what we're working on. And actually, I did have a really good takeaway from someone, but it didn't happen until Sunday, which was after it was over. Yeah, but still, that counts. It was from hanging out at the pool with Daniel J. Lewis. Ah, which was so fun. I learned that we like sandwiches the same way, very even. <gasps> no way. Yeah, we eat very similarly and drink very similarly. We like the sweet stuff. Oh, so yeah, that was really fun. It was fun to get to know him more in a more personal way, which I don't think um, many people get to do actually. So it was good. So what did you think of the event from your seat, which is not my seat, but from my shoes because you're wearing my shoes? What did you think of the event? <laughs> Well, I I really loved the mellow feel of it. Like it doesn't feel like it's well, this is this could be taken I guess in a wrong way, but it doesn't feel fancy. It feels like um accessible. I think that that's what it is. It feels accessible. 
It's well put together, so it's not like it's like, whatever, here, let's just throw this at the wall. It was very thought out. Uh, there was a very definite culture around it that I think Chris Kremitzos, look at how I'm, I'm like, my mouth is not working. Just do like a and then try again. And then you're, you're, at least, you're a little stuttery today. There you no, go. My mouth is like so not broken. Okay. It, it is broken from all the talking. It must be it. So, yeah, I think the culture was very clear. It's incredibly um, open, meaning everyone is welcome. It's very welcoming. It doesn't matter whether or not you've been podcasting for a bazillion years and you're all that. Or if you're like, don't you just found out what podcast is? It doesn't matter. Everybody's like on the same plane. And I think something that I really love about the event is that that line doesn't, it, it isn't about let's keep the uh, keynote speakers behind the screen and the famous people will get up and the famous people will leave. And if you get a post, you know, if you get a picture with the famous person walking down the halls, you got lucky. <laughs> But on you know, that end, were there famous people there? Not really. Well, famous for podcasters. I think that that's the key. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, really. I do think so. I think that there's people like, for me, Dave Jackson has is famous. He has some clout. He's got clout and he's famous in the space. Absolutely 100%. He's what would qualify? No, but no, when no. you say the famous people behind the curtain, I'm thinking of Aisha Tyler, Kevin Smith, like Mark Maron. Those are the people that were hard to meet. Right, at, but then those people are. Movement. Um, those people are like actual famous people versus people who are famous in podcasting, people who have had an impact in the podcasting space, the everyday podcasting space, not that have um, used their celebrity to bring podcasting into the awareness of other people. Oh, I see. You're right in that. Okay. Um, I would also like to say that the idea of Dave Jackson having an entourage is hilarious. But how cool would that be, though? For him, it would be extremely cool. It would be fantastic. So anyway, I do think that that and then, um, you, yeah, no, I think that there's a lot of people out there who have like some insane amount of impact with their audiences and um, have helped out so many people. And they're very unassuming and they're right, right in the middle of what we all do. We're all sort of like with each other for each other. That's what I loved about the event. I think that that was not part of it. I also like the ability for people to just kind of like take action right away. They did a really good job of doing stuff like that. They had those cards on your butt, not on your butt, but on the seats. And you had to move them. If not, you sit them. And it said like, what action are you going to take today before you leave? I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ. That's probably Katie's influence. Because yeah, I just, from Katie. being in Biz Women Rock, uh-huh. every five minutes she's asking me what action I'm going to take in there. Oh, okay. So you know that's Katie in her Facebook group. Yeah. Or she'll say like, my bird fell over and I had to take it to the vet and it needed a special bird surgery. And I still somehow made this a positive lesson in my business. What are you going to do today? Oh, right. <laughs> she does it every day. Every day is like, I changed a poopy diaper. <laughs> it got me thinking about <laughs> shitty clients and how you can overcome. <laughs> Everything relates to her business. She's brilliant like that. So, yeah, I mean, that part is really cool. The yeah. fact that they know how to really integrate and make people participate is yeah. great it is really one of the things i like so last year i think it was like less it was less it wasn't a whole day the way it was they well they had one full day just dedicated to the newbies this time they did a workshop but so last year they did that and then during that day 
the speakers would come out, do an hour, and then they had a special green room for us all to hang out, which is kind of the opposite of what you said you liked this time. But in that way, it was kind of cool because the teachers got to confer, go out and teach people who were completely brand spanking new to the concept and then come back and still you know, participate in a conversation that was more on their level. So I thought that was fun. This time they did something different though. They had all the booths set up in like an L shape leading to the end, which was like a lounge area with like two or three sofas and then two long tables with cords and electricity so that if you wanted to take a break and work for a little bit, you had like preset workstations and preset little meeting areas. Mm. And, you know, and then you could go back to going in the sessions. But it was like, you know, so often in these conferences, you don't have, if you do have a place to rest, it's like on a little bench outside of the meeting place. This was like luxurious. Oh, that's nice. I thought. Don't you think? Yeah, that's very nice. And, And also the little cafe areas had lots and lots and lots of tables. So it didn't feel like, we're, I mean, I never felt like I was waiting in line to eat. I never felt like I was waiting in line for an elevator. It was like the perfect size, the perfect place for the perfect size place. Love it. Event. No, it was really, it was really good. And I think that, you know, our event went fairly well considering what we do. <laughs> I think what's so challenging about some of these events too, is that we don't know the X factor, which is the tech. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's true that. So the tech part of it is even though our guy was so great, he's such a great. He was a professional. That's What's what his he name did. Again, I can't remember, dude. I'm not. I, good with I think it's Geronimo, but I feel like every time I want to say it, it's wrong. So in my head, he's been both Guantanamo <laughs> and Guillermo. <laughs> okay, All right. but I'm pretty sure his name is Geronimo. If it is not Geronimo, and that's also a ridiculous thing to call you, I'm very sorry. I'm very. But I'm sorry. pretty yeah. sure it was Geronimo, which is actually a great name for somebody and he's a great he was a great he was dude so good he was so yeah. accommodating so supportive and he asked the right questions of us that we hadn't thought about like yeah. did you download this <laughs> um is it the right is it the right format exactly like stuff like that and he was very helpful with us uh, uh, w- with all kinds of stuff now mind you that's the the kind of thing that you really can't troubleshoot Ahead of time sometimes, especially when it has to do with the um, Wi-Fi situation. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. So those were things that I think were a little bit like, eh. But for the most part, I think we we had a fun event. We had a fun Podfusion event. We we got a lot of people doing things a little bit different and trying out different formats and learning in a different way. So that it, um, hopefully they'll go out and then try some of these things in the future. So do you want to hear something funny about the feedback on our event? What? Right after the event, everyone I saw was like, congratulations, I heard your event kicked ass. I heard it was amazing. I went up to Chris. I was like, are you getting good buzz? He's like, yeah, everyone really loved it. It was fantastic. It was the best thing ever. The next day, (laughs) the next day I go up to him Uh and I say, so are you still getting like positive feedback? And he was like, you know, Sometimes if you do something that's like really interactive, (laughs) (laughs) he was like, not everyone wants to be interactive like the entire time. I think you need to do like maybe a little less interactivity and a little more slides or maybe just have like a really good balance. And I was like, oh, so it was imbalanced. No, I mean, everyone really liked it and it was really good. I just think some people would have preferred to, you know, sit and learn a little more and interact a little less. And I was like, oh. 
All right, cool. Which I thought was interesting because the day before it was like the best event that ever happened. But I knew if I gave it a day, someone would fetch right, but and complain. Also, you have to remember that it's, you know, it's like you can't get like a, a good feel. And that was the other thing that I thought about. I'm like, how can we get the We should feedback? have had a survey at the end. Yeah. We're but, dumb. Yeah, exactly. Which we that was just dumb about. of me. And the other. No, it wasn't because how are you going to get the people? How are you going to get them? I mean, you would have had to have done this. You would have had to have a URL that they needed to go to themselves. So they no, would have, you have had them to fill do out it. a little form. Right. But who would have done? I mean, I had the little, I put this stuff on the tables. I just completely forgot. But then afterwards, here's the thing that happened though. Afterwards, we had our, our She Podcast Awards. And so after the She Podcast Awards, there were some people that left. Not mm-hmm. everybody stayed that was in the workshop. And then there were a bunch of people who came who didn't do the workshop because they just came for the She Podcast Awards. Well, we would have to plan that a little better. I don't think I would have that as part of a full day event again. Right. So I would like it to be a separate thing than what we're teaching. Because you're right. That was kind of a disruption because the people who were being honored weren't necessarily in the exactly. ev- event and vice versa. Yep. But I was proud of the men that stayed through the She Podcast Awards. They really hung in there, man. Honor, if you're listening, thanks for hanging in there, man. (laughs) And Ryan, and there were a bunch of guys that were just like, Sam, they just seemed to really, they were sticking through. As long as we were on stage, they were going to be in that chair. Yep. And I appreciate that. That was really fun. And I love teaching with you. And it turns out that this time... Both of us were very anxious about one aspect of our event, and we were both pleasantly surprised that when you trust the other, things work out. Yeah, I know. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) So I was extremely anxious about the interactive part because idle hands with the devil. What is that saying? I I felt when they were working that I was being – that I was not doing my job, even though we had planned this so that they would learn something by doing it. When they were doing, I was not doing, and it made me nervous. Like, oh, I should be doing – I'm not doing anything. Well, we're supposed to be walking around helping. They don't need my – you know, I did it, and I was like, oh, my God, they don't need my help. Maybe they don't like this activity. You know, once they're not paying attention to me, it leaves me to my own devices, which is me thinking they don't like it. They don't want to be here. It's a waste of their money. Like, I start panicking because I feel like unless I'm delivering, 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 it's not good enough. And so I was very happily mistaken to find that when you allow people to practice what you're teaching them to do, it's helpful and they appreciate it and they can ask you questions in the moment, which was great. So that part was really good. And then would you like to share the part that you were having anxiety about? Yeah, because I didn't know how the She Podcast Awards would pan out. I didn't understand. I was like, is it really going to be? Until the moment it started. You really felt like it wasn't going to work, didn't you? Uh, no. Once you once it was happening, we were just going to go for it. It wasn't that. It was just that there were a lot of different things like who's next. Like I didn't have a list of who's next oh, is I on had the, the list. list. I know you had the list, but there were a couple of times when I had to talk. So that's why I ran all the way to the back going like, I wonder if that's my next, if I'm next. <laughs> I wasn't going to go up to you when you were talking going like, who's the next award? <laughs> you know, so I ran all the way back to look at the card and I thought like, you well, did? yeah, that's what I was doing back there. Oh, that's why I ran all the way back. And I'm next like, time we'll make a card? list that we can have at the front. 
Right. Not so, just my cards, but exactly. an actual list. So then there was that. And I didn't want to be that speaking been smart. in front of you going like. Being all nosy. Trying to, yeah. It was going to look like I'm trying to read the cards when really I just wanted to be prepared for the next one and not be like, okay, you're up, Elsie. You're up. Like, but I, I already that. knew that I had done three and then an honorary and then three and then an honorary and then three. Like I planned it that way. Exactly. I just wanted to make sure. But I didn't sure. tell you that. Right. But I mean, exactly. <laughs> and so I kind of wanted to know. I should have told you that part. What's happening. So, yeah. And, you know, for me, like all of this kind of situation in terms one. of the and like the interactive stuff and all that, I feel that brain knowledge is overrated. I feel that people generally don't engage in their lives, period. So I would figure that most people would be like, uh, I, that was too much. That's what I would imagine because it's going to make people feel uncomfortable. It's not comfortable. It's so much easier to just sit back and do a webinar. Mm-hmm. I'm it saying, is. Like, you know, it's so much easier to tune I mean, out. I don't want our full day session to be like that either. No. Well, all I'm saying is like, I completely understand the responses. And I guess that we differ in a little bit a little bit of it because when people are being interactive, like I don't feel at all uncomfortable that I'm not delivering. It's when you have to hold the space for them to step in. It's more of an energetic shift in your, in you to say like, you are doing great. You need to keep going. And I guess it's because I've been around so many interactive learning experiences, so many of them that breaking down into groups, having to talk to people, having to come up with stuff, having to teach in front of people, having to speak out loud, having to engage with other people's bodies, having to figure out how to do something together. See, that last part's where I don't have experience. No, you don't. Everything you mentioned up until then. I mean, sure, I've done lots of interactive learning stuff, but usually it's like a breath of fresh air, not the entire workshop. Oh my God. It was like, that's what I did. My entire like master's program was that my entire master's program. It was based in such a, we didn't even, we weren't even part of a university system, meaning we had no homework. Oh my God. We only, the only way we we basically got my, I got my master's degree is by participating. Hold on. You have a master's degree? Yes, I do. What's it in again? MFA. Master of Fine Arts. Oh, cool. And so like those pat those three years were all about being engaged. And if you didn't show up to class, you didn't pass. Like if you didn't do yoga in the yoga class, you weren't going to. If you didn't show up in the voice class or the movement class or the Shakespeare class or do that stuff and engage and do your work and, and support the rest of the people because you're part of it, you were screwed. You know, like and Master so, of Fine Arts, that's a cool master's to have. I forgot that you had that. So then, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like I, I that's where I thrive. I thrive in that level of engagement where you have to like step up and be part of it. And yeah, of course it's easier to step back, to sit back, but there's no way to learn how to do some of this stuff if you don't step up out of your out of your comfort zone. So anyway. That's my thing. And I'm, and it, and and hey, you know, it doesn't matter to me what anybody else thinks. I know that for me, it was a life changing experience to be there for those three years to get, uh, like, to get that type of an education and to say that it was um, not challenging, which it was to the point where I was like, I cannot believe I have to do this again. I cried. I fought. I failed miserably. 
many times, but it was so worth it. And I remember after I finished my master's program, I was like, everybody needs to go through this process because it was in becoming better at being in your body and being aware and being, I mean, there were so many things you learned that I was just like, oh my God. So it's the first place I go whenever I teach. That's pretty cool. So that's my um, soapbox. What did you think about the location? Well, the location was fantastic. You like being in Orlando? Well, yeah, especially with the fam. I mean, if it was did me, they have a good time. They did. They had a great time. They were gone the whole time. They went to the beach. They went to the their grandparents were there. They rented a house. The, the grandparents rented a house. So they had a fantastic time. I think it wouldn't have mattered to me that much if I didn't have my family there. Like if it would have been just me, I could have been anywhere. I mean, I went outside a, like twice. Pretty waterfall at the pool, though. Well, it was pretty to look out the window, but with the thing, the thing is, I didn't experience yeah, any of it at all. Zero. I know. And so it was like, it could have been anywhere, really. But for my family, I think it was fantastic. It was great. Yeah, it's good to have it there, I think. I loved it. I mean, as again, you know, I think if I would have not, I, it's just, I'm working there the whole time. You know, it's like. I wished I had been braver earlier and taken Ubers to restaurants Oh, because, because it took me a really long time to mm. get the nerve up to do that and not just eat in the hotel. And it was really worth it because it was so much cheaper and so much more delicious. Wow. I would have done – I would have probably done that from I the get-go. But see, it. we had food. Even to even go get takeout and bring it back, I would have been, would have been smarter. Well, than, you could have had Uber just pick up the takeout, you know. Do they do that still? Yeah. They, I guess I hear that I they courier – curry? Courier? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Courier, whatever courier, you just said, that sounded perfect. Yeah, courier. Yeah. Yeah. They, cur- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have, yeah. I love that. Did Lipson do well? Yeah. You know, what was really interesting um, is that from the Lipson perspective, and I think uh, I think that I'm probably going to talk about this on the Lipson uh, episode that's going to be coming out even before us. So it's already out by this, when this episode goes out. But uh, there were a lot of people who were, absolute newbies. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with wanting to start a podcast, but I think no. that there's something that happens when uh, that it's challenging for a company like Libsyn or or Spreaker or Blueberry or any of us that host media because people cannot wrap their minds around why and what the heck we do. They don't get it. Like zero. And so if they don't understand that there's like, this is where you put your media and how come you can't just put it on my website? Okay. So then you have to like break down tech that they may or may not have ever heard of ever. I know. And then they go, well, okay. So then how do I upload it to iTunes after all of that? And so then it's like, okay, so now I have to explain that iTunes isn't a, you know, a depository of files. There's not files there. It gets called. And so it's like, I, all I sat back and I was like, how can we have like, maybe we, all of the hosts need to get together and create some kind of visual teaching yeah. tool. You guys need a prop. Yeah. That explains it. Yeah, because people don't get that. I mean, once they understand the way the tech works, right, as a whole, then they really – they're fine. I like newer – you know, once you get it, you get it. You can't forget it. It's sort of like riding a bike, right, where like once you're riding the bike, it's great because you just – 
battle. But when you're learning to ride a bike, there's all of these. And the same thing with driving a car. There are all these little tiny minuscule things like, why do I have to change the mirror? Why do I have to adjust the mirror? What part of the mirror, what part of the car are you supposed to see when you're looking over your shoulder? Like, how do you turn and which way do you turn the, the steering wheel when you're backing out? You know, like that's all of the information that a newbie is going to have to learn and they have to get it in their bodies. But once you start to drive, it sort of is second nature, right? That's mm. kind of like what this is. And so when people are coming in, it's basically people com- are coming up to, the, to your table and going like, okay, how do I drive? <laughs> I and then know, you're like, well, ridiculous. first <laughs> you have to sit down <laughs> in the seat. <laughs> this is where the There's key goes. There's a thing called a know? car. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what happens. And so so let's say you are the person that like what would Lipson be in that same metaphor? What would what would it be like are you the car like would Lipson be the car or would Lipson be the way you get from one place to the next? Like I can't I don't Let know me what think the... about that for a second. I mean I would say it's the car. Okay, it's the car. You know so why? The, because what? the one five minute time period that I was standing there with you, someone came up and was like, I host everything, including my website and podcast website. So why should I choose to li- switch to Libsyn? Like- and to me, that's the same as, well, I just bought a Subaru. Exactly. Why would I want a Hyundai? Exactly. And then you're just like, is it a brand new Subaru? Then you don't want a Hyundai. I know. Me. <laughs> exactly. Go away. <laughs> I don't make me prove my worth to you. Exactly. And that's you're what, doing like, just fine. A car yeah. is a car. Exactly. And I, you're totally right. It is the car. So then like people would come yeah. in and go like, I already got, I got this new, you know, I got this new Volvo or I got this new Porsche. And, you're like, and great. you know what I'm, Enjoy. and I'm like, great. Bye. Awesome. And then they go like, so what do I need? So what do I need you for? I'm like, you don't need you us. Don't. You're like, you have that. Exactly. <laughs> And what I know, and then they would, go, and then they'll go. Okay, so what's the difference between a Volvo and a Hyundai? Nothing. I know. Ah! I'm like, yeah. And so you have. It's just there's really uh, they're minor, but truly the answer to both questions is there are minor differences that some people prefer exactly. one or the other. Exactly. And it's like, and it's one of those things where it's like, if you are going to be living in a mountain terrain, probably having a four by four will be very right. beneficial to you. Right. But if you're driving in this situation, maybe having a Prius is going to really help you because that's yeah. what you want. It's also or, the kind of thing where if you learn to drive on a Honda, you're going to be wanting another Honda. Exactly. You don't really want to switch to Subaru because Hondas make you feel like you're in control. You know, because you had one since you were yep. 14. You've never changed. I mean, it's like what I've learned on Libsyn. So, I mean, now I'm getting more familiar with other ones from pulling stats for clients, but I would have never dreamed of switching, hosting my own show somewhere else because I only know how to use Lipset. Exactly. And that's so like, and it. that's what's so hard because people come into you and they do, and they do that. And so you have yeah. to first teach them about driving and then they go, okay, what's the difference between having a truck and having a, a Volkswagen bug? And then you have to sit there and go, well, trucks are bigger. <laughs> And they have this both, thing in the back where you can schlep wood. Exactly. And, so do and you stuff. have wood? And then it's like, do you have wood? 
to schlep? Do you have no. like things that you need to carry around? What like, about what's kids? Do you have any kids? Exactly. No? Okay. Well, if yeah. you have kids, then maybe you're going to need a, a minivan, you know? So all right. of a sudden you become a coach for how to do all this different stuff when it's very kind of annoying. So it's a lot better when people come in and go like, I really like this kind of car. Like I really yeah. want something that's cost effective, that has four by and has, you know, it's, it's great for the environment. These are the three things that are valuable to me. Can you you help me with that and then and i can they're the answers usually yes i'm assuming yeah or and you know if it doesn't fit then i can just go like oh well, you can go over there they have that stuff like there was a lady who came in who says like i want everything in one place and i was like because she wanted to record too she wanted to oh. record and yeah. upload and publish and i'm like well we can help you with the other stuff but the recording part is not part of our system spreaker does that spreaker has a producer yeah. side thing where you can have an app yep. or you can do and it doesn't you know you could do it that way yep so i'm not gonna try to dissuade her if that's what she wants like why would i want to have her do that right it's not a race to the finish no actually that one question that's why i never came back to your booth i was so irritated and watching you <laughs> start to answer that question and i found myself wanting to be a smart ass and i had to walk away because i was just like you don't need them you yeah. don't need to switch you're all set yeah, no, I had a guy. Who leave cut, my friend alone. I had a, a, a guy come up and he was like, okay, you have 30 seconds. Why are you again over the, those other guys? And I was about Ew. to punch him in the face. I was like, I do not sell. Like, I think Libsyn is, I don't have to sell people. Like if people if, uh, expect me to pitch them on our service, I want to punch them in the face. Because yeah, I like what did you like, answer? I'm assuming you were nice. I, I was nice. And I think what happened is Dave Jackson took over. Thank God. Because we were standing there side to side. And I think he just started. And I'm like, I'm washing my hands of this conversation because I'm not going to. I do Otherwise, not want you emailing support because it's going to make mm -hmm. our team. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like people are. How do you say it when they are uh, entitled? He seemed entitled. And I don't want entitled users. I'm sorry. They have a lot of, you know, I will say this. Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> Sometimes the crowd that comes to all podcasting events, but um, this in, at this one at PodFest, a lot of them are very personal friends of Chris and Katie because they're part of the um, Tampa Bay business owners of the Tampa Bay Podcasters Association or, you know, they they know the owners very intimately. And so I think as a result, I almost sometimes feel like the attendees feel like I work for them or that oh. I work not that I work for Chris and Katie, but also that I work for the attendees. Right. Like they're almost just like, you know, this is put together. I mean, and I think it's great that Chris and Katie know how to welcome people in that way. That's kind of awesome. But I also had like you had somebody do that to you. I had someone stalk me for my time and similarly oh, yeah. in a way that made me feel like somehow he thought I owed it to him because like the very first like interaction was I've been trying to find you to no avail. Where are you? We I would like to talk to you about X, Y, or Z. Not do you have a minute? Not would it be possible? I can't find you. Like, it's my fault. And so yeah. I was like, um, well, I'm going to be at this spot or this spot. Okay, I'll give it a shot. And then texting. And then the texting came, even though it was Google Voice. The texting came. Are you free? When are you free? 
I'd like to speak to you. Are you around? I still haven't found you. Just demanding, 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 demanding. I didn't understand. It's like, I don't work for you. But I think that to their, probably to their benefit, they make their close personal acquaintances feel like everything they do is for them. And so, you know, just so we're all clear, Elsie and I don't have that same. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, everything we do is for you, but that doesn't mean you get to demand 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 right it doesn't mean you get to say like i can't find you i want to speak to you like oh well maybe i went to disney that day you can't find me how about asking me if i have a moment you i mean you know what i mean oh i just thought that was rude it's just to me that's the same as you have 30 seconds go you know that's also the same as let's just talk about my pet peeves now no i'm just kidding i mean we don't have to but one of my Facebook pet peeves is I need a babysitter in the tri-state area. Go. I don't work for you. I'm not going to go because you said go. I need all the best romantic comedies. Go. (laughs) I never go. Don't tell me to go. I don't like that. I found it shocking that um, some of this, yeah, some of this crowd's very entitled, but I think that they make them feel, you know, like we're here to serve them. And in some ways that's true. And in some ways it's not. I agree. I I didn't have that sense. All of our ladies, all of the people who know us or know me, they were very supportive of me and mindful when they came to the desk, you know, and they were like, do you have time? I'd love to ask this for you. Like I sat down with the mighty Heather Ash and we went through all of her lips and stuff. Like we sat down and we looked at the back end and That's that's what my, that's what I'm there for. That's, that's my job. Like that's, I, I, I want to help people who are using Libsyn to understand how to use the system. And there's all these little fun things that they can do in the back end that most people don't even know about. I talked with her for a long time. She came and sat down, um, you know, but she was she was very respectful. It was like, I would love to have some time with you. When would be the, the best time? And usually the best time is when sessions are going on because that's when no, well, not not no people are coming a couple of people and there's a lot of downtime. So as soon as a, nas- a session goes out or or there's a transition, like a big transition, people come. Mm-hmm. People come to talk, right? Right, yeah. So it's between sessions that that happens. And that means I don't think it's too much to ask, hey, can you stop going to a session to come and sit down with me here, right? And she did. So that was really great. Yeah, I mean, I never want to ask people to um, give up their sessions, but I usually just say I'm available from this time to this time and I'll be here. If there's a session that's not working out, you can find me. Right. But um, but I, but did I don't go, want to say skip your crap. I and, didn't say that either. I just said. No, I know. I know. You know. I said I'm here usually in between. And that's all I said. Usually in between sessions, I'm free. So. Yeah, right. You do what you want. Let's talk about the news. The news, which is brought to you by... Cast Plus. Brought to you by Cast Plus, which is an open marketplace connecting advertisers and podcasters. So it's really cool. They work with Audible and Blue Apron and Lyft and HelloFresh and all the big boys. Um, You don't need to upload your RSS. You keep your host. Um, And they gave us a promo code, which is PodFusion. 
And so you get no commission. In other words, they'll pay, you pay them no commission on your first ad campaign if you sign up with them. So check them out. Cast dot plus. And thank you, cast dot plus and Jenny for uh, sponsoring Podfusion. Woohoo. And now for the news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. All right, so it seems like now that Spotify is signing, is is really going deep into podcasting. Deep, deep and long. Deep and long. So <laughs> they had, they're now creating three original podcasts uh, with more to come, it seems. And they are creating content. They ha- So their three podcasts are all based around music in some way. Their first one is called Showstopper. Uh, and it is, well, at least in the first episode of the show, the host is Naomi Zeich, Zeichner, editor-in-chief of The Fader magazine. And it is about the intersection between TV shows and music. Uh, so basically bi-weekly podcast interviews. The next one is called Unpacked. And this one is hosted by Matt FX, music supervisor for Broad City, and Michelle Santucci of Spotify Studios. And that will premiere March 14th. And the two will travel to various music festivals around the country and interview musicians, filmmakers, app makers, food makers, and various creative people that hang out in these places. That sounds like a fun job there. It does. Doesn't it? It's like a really fun job. Yep. And the third one is still tentatively titled The Chris Lightly Story and will premiere this April. It's all about the extraordinary life and influence of music producer Chris Lightly. And that's through interviews, commentaries, and it has a host, Reggie Ose. Not only discusses his influence on 50 Cent, uh, LL Cool J, Missy Elliott, and among, among others, it also tackles issues of race, mental illness, and the price of success. I love so, Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott is awesome. So what do you think about these shows? These Spotify originals? I mean, I'm digging that they're doing that. I'm digging that they're creating in-house stuff. I am, you know, good for them. And I'm glad that they're on brand and they're going to be offering a little bit more insight into the music industry. And I think it's a great move for them because even though podcasts are now on Spotify, ours is on Spotify. I think that what the great, the, the good move is that what they're doing with these is that they are teaching in a sort of like an underhanded way in a very not in your face type of way what Mm -hmm. a podcast is to sort of like move a musical lover into listening to a podcast that first is relevant about around things that they are already doing in spotify Mm -hmm. and not just throwing random stuff on them like they're looking around going like what is this she pot what is that why is that here like, you know what I mean? That seems right. like that would be a little bit dissonant. But right. but getting people listening to these type of shows that they can push will facilitate that relationship. So I think it's smart. It's smart that they're doing that for them within their already highly used app. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Like, I would be bored to tears listening to any of these shows, but I am not super interested in the music music like music news and music happenings and behind the music. Like I don't really care about that stuff. That said, I thought it was really smart of them not to do what a typical network would do. Like, you know, if this was podcast one, 
like LL Cool J would have his own show. Yes, that's so you're totally right. And so I'm happy yes. that they're using Spotify staff and yeah. doing which, by the way, I know the people at Spot that work at Spotify. Yeah. My they must be super cool because their playlists are always on point. Somebody out there is going. Oh, dude, they are this awesome. Song and we this had song dinner. And this Remember song? Uh, podcast? Yes, we in had Chicago. dinner. We sat down with Spotify. They are cool people. Totally, yeah, they're cool people. And so I love that they cool did people. that. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't like give the show to all the famous people that they created something that they're, you know, that they know they would like to hear that their staff would like to hear that people who love music would like to hear, not just LL spouting his mouth off or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, cool. Good job, Spotify. So now we have a little bit, uh, another little bit of news. And the other little bit of news that I brought here is um, from Forbes. Cause do you remember the last time that Forbes kind of in quotes published a new, podcast now Forbes has a podcast we kind of made fun of them because it was going to be another interview show that it was it seemed like it was inter- interviewing entrepreneurs <laughs> so um so now there's a little bit more information here and it seems like they've gotten a host Jordan Harbinger who's been around the block or two times around the block with his podcast The Art of Charm so, um, yeah, so that's the only reason I'm bringing it up here because it seems like they're really stepping into more of this uh, stuff. What do you think, Jess? I don't really know how I feel about Jordan Harbinger. I don't know how I feel about him either. So, therefore, I so don't therefore, know how I feel about this podcast. Exactly, and that was my only thing. Also, I'm a little disappointed it's on Podcast One. I just feel like Podcast mm-hmm. One is like the, I don't know, it's like home of the dude cast. And I think Jordan Harbinger is totally a, is a dude up. caster. Yes. But that said, it disappoints me that Forbes would go in that direction because Forbes, to me, I mean, I feel like they encompass all areas of success, not just the dudesters. And so, I don't know. It does, I mean, I don't know. So it seems like what they're going to do... It's cool, but it's, not as cool as I'd like. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that it way. It seems like the Forbes, they have like obviously this list, right? So Forbes annual list of the wealthy, the powerful, and the talented. They have these out there. And so in, so basically instead of having just the lists, like the Forbes lists, now Jordan is going to have a chance to basically talk with these people. So that's a very fun job that you get an opportunity to do. They're going to put down the the behind the scenes insight and information that doesn't make the cut with a lot of this stuff. So he's going to get a chance to talk to the world's billionaires list. I know. That's pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting, right? All five of them, right? Like who who are the top billionaires? Do we know who that might be? Like, Is it Oprah and like Richard Branson and that's it? I don't know, dude. All I know is that this is interesting and I'm interested to see what they do do with it yeah um so i'm not going to prejudge this let's put it that way let's just wait it out yeah i'm not gonna dismiss it it, and then you can listen to it and then i'm not gonna dismiss it it, but there's that there is that now on to a little bit of so this came into like i was like what all right so so here's the title i love so cool this next i know this next thing i was like what the heck here's a title how a true crime podcast became a mental health support group. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and then here's the this the subtitle: Listening to stories of grisly murders allows some people to exercise their fears, and the community built around the show encourages listeners to take care of themselves. And you know, it seems a little weird. Like if you just read that, it would seem. Just bizarre, especially mm-hmm. because of some of the way that this is written. Like, there's a couple of sentences that are kind of shocking because it's so. It seems to not make sense. But you know what? This is what podcasting did for me. It's mm. exactly what this article is about. So basically, there's this person, and it focuses on um, this woman who suffers. You know, she struggles with anxiety and depression, and. It overtakes her sometimes. Like the, that feeling o- overtakes you. I know that I've been in a state of anxiety other times, you know, where it's not that I get a panic attack, but I do get an, an, an kind of like more of an anxiety mm-hmm. attack. And that part's all normal. The it's way using a show like this. Well, to that's calm what I'm saying. That was so weird. Not but I know it's, but you know what? Maybe it's not normal. But you know what? I listen, instead of listening to podcasts, I listen to murder shows, like to murder books, to like mystery books. And that calms me Why down. Why is that calming? Because I don't know if it's because I just I don't know if it's because of the the mystery around it. Like I don't know, and I know that that's what I question too. That like, freaks why me out is, more. I know, and so oh, but let let's finish the story though, because people are like, "What are All they right. talking about?" So anyway, when she gets an anxiety attack, when this woman gets an anxiety attack, she will use listening to this podcast, my favorite murder. That's what it's called, down. my favorite murder. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, and then it's like these two women who are, it's a co-hosted show. It's kind of like She Podcasts. It's kind of like Jess and I. But instead of kind of making fun of the podcasting industry and random things that are happening to us, they make fun or they make lighthearted and discuss murders. <laughs> so Yeah, it's a comedy writer and a person from the cooking channel. Yeah. So it kind of helps the woman calm down. And what's happened is that then there's now a community that has built around My Favorite Murder, just like we have a She Podcast group. They have a My Favorite Murder group. And people go in there and kind of discuss, um, I guess, what's happened, you know, and maybe there's some other people who have been in relationships with psychopaths or maybe have had... uh, I don't know, The maybe they were in some way almost killed. I don't know. Something that helps them bring... Oh, oh, and the other thing is, too, the women are also very transparent. The co-hosts of My Favorite Murder are transparent about their struggles with mental health. And that mm-hmm. is actually where I feel that makes that bridge between people listening, talking about murder, but also... The women are just, they're being very transparent about their struggles and what's happened with them. And it's making the community feel like they're part of the conversation, which is the power of podcasting. And so there's a story around that, which I think is um, very lovely. Totally. Um, The only part that I can't seem to wrap my head around is why, if you're freaking out, you would listen to mystery maybe just because it distracts your head and you can focus on something else besides, but like I tend to dwell after I hear or become involved in something, which is why I don't read before I go to bed. Cause mm. and certain shows also, I will go to sleep and dream about what I've just witnessed either in my head on paper or on television. So I think I've told you about times where I've dreamt I was in the Sopranos what? and like, 
yeah, I've dreamt I was in that show oh and like gosh. Carmela was mad at me and like stuff like that. So it's stressful. And actually the other day I happened to catch um, a little bit of this movie named Bernie and it's about a real murder. Bernie Tita, I guess, um, kill, w- was married to a woman who was significantly older and she, be- you know, they became travel companions and he was her money manager. And then one day they were on their way to like, he beca- was involved in community theater. They were on their way to a dress rehearsal and he just like out of nowhere just shot her four times in the back, hit her in the freezer oh and God. then wasn't discovered for like nine months afterwards. He was just acting like she was sick and didn't want to be bothered. And then when finally it was found out, because the only person looking for her was her stockbroker, otherwise he would have gotten away with it forever. But the stockbroker, you know, he always spoke to Marjorie, not Bernie. And so Bernie kept putting him off, putting him off, putting him off. And finally he couldn't anymore. And uh, that's how he got caught. And so I'm telling you for days after, I'm thinking like, I mean, then he got, and then I like, of course, now I'm looking it up on Wikipedia and I'm reading about it on IMDb. And I realized that like, you know, apparently Bernie was um, molested by an uncle when he was young. And so at this particular moment when he shot her, he was in a disassociative state because she was being mean to him the same way that his uncle was mean to him. And uh, to make a long story short, they let him out of jail. Then they put him back in jail. And I'm oh just sitting here thinking like, dude, it distracts me not in a good way. Like I walk around thinking like, you know, I then I leave the house wondering who's got a body in their fridge. Who's who's got their wife in in the garage in the deep freezer and moved all the fish? Who's You know what I'm saying? Like it was just like so and not only that, but he was so well loved in the community that even when the townspeople found out he did it, they still didn't want the DA to go after him. They were like Bernie wouldn't hit a fly. He only shot her four times. It's not like it was five. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. Well, I have to say that I don't do that. I don't have an obsessive brain like that. Is it an obsessive compulsion? Maybe I'm just OCD. I didn't. And yeah, that's why. I, I'm done. Like, once I listen, bye-bye. Like, I, I could barely remember the names of the people. Like, I, that's why oh I started to write God. them down on, the bu- on my bullet journal. I'm not obsessed. I will become obsessed here and there about certain things. But as we know from Elsie's emergency excitement, I get very excited about stuff for like a second. It hits me and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. And then the next week, I have no idea what I was excited about the week before. Whereas meanwhile, like, yeah, I've been watching Bates Motel, that television show. And I just watched one episode last night. And it's all I can think about is that he thinks he's his mother. It's just it's the weirdest thing. I I guess I am obsessive. I guess you can't. But the point is, but she's she said, oh, no, she said she was depressed and anxious. Yeah. She didn't say obsessive. She just said that. If I don't focus on something, I worry about everything. So for me, if I focus on something, I worry about that something. Oh, see that? Well, there's that. That makes sense, actually, because of my whole fear of the house burning down. Oh, my God. We're, we're not going to go to that All place right. right Let's now. not psychoanalyze me. No, we're not going to do it right now. But anyway, this is but, why it doesn't make sense to me because the opposite effect would happen. All I would think about is all the different crimes I hear about and those poor girls that are being murdered. And then what goes in the head of the murderer? And how do I know when one's coming after me? Oh, my God. Yeah, no. No, no, no. You say, oh, my God, like I'm the crazy one. Well, I, I, I don't but it's go scary. into scary. Well, I know it is scary, but my brain doesn't catch on to that stuff. So, but dude, we got to finish this up. We're going to like run over here in a bazillion right. times. So, but before we kind of move through, I just want to say a, a shout out to our editor, John Buchanan from Audio Editing Solutions, Yay. because he really 
is very patient with us. And you know what, guys? If he can work with us, he... he <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. The poor guy. It's like, we haven't done the intro yet. Here's three and a half tracks. And then Jess left. And then, so he just did the best job he can with us all the time. And every single time I feel like, I'm so sorry, John. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, John. I'm so sorry, John. And then he does the awesomest job when the pro- when he puts the episode out. So hats off to I'm you, John. I'm not sorry. He likes doing our well, show. Well, it doesn't matter. I do appreciate everything he does. So if you want to hire him, audio editing He's the besticles. He is the besticles. All right. So now um, we are going to be moving into onto tool tips. Elsie's tool tips. This episode tool tips is sponsored by podcast, podcast websites. I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about podcast websites. If you go to podcastwebsites.com, you can see it. It does. If you're new to podcasting, it does the hosting and the website. Also email. They do daily backups. They also publish to all the things. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, But really the best part is that the website part is extremely easy to make a nice website. So if you need that, check it out. Podcastwebsites.com. Okay, Elsie, what is your tool tip? It's actually an initiative by about 37 uh, podcast providers out there. It is for the month of March, for the month of March, it's the initiative called Tripod. So it's hashtag Tripod. And this kind of is a collaboration between all of these podcast like uh, distributors and whatnot that includes the biggies such as, you know, WNYC, NPR, but also people like Libsyn as well, which are not part of the um, public media air places and stuff like that. Where part of this is for our podcast, for every podcaster, that would be you and I, Jess, for every person that has a podcast that we ask our audience to share with somebody else a podcast that they love. So it doesn't have to be like, hey, everybody, go tell everybody about She Podcasts. It's not about that. It's about it's about, <laughs> a neat thing. it's about telling you guys, you guys listening, for the month of March, your job is just to find one person and tell them and show them what, what a podcast is or to give them like the scoop on a podcast that would really be great for them and then share it on social media that you did it. You know, like I just shared with blah, blah that I to listen to, I don't know, this other podcast here, like, you know, Heather Ash is happiness mama because everybody needs to be a happy mama or something like that. And then use the hashtag tripod. And it's, it's going to be something that it's been created so that people can really understand podcasting and what that is and to be able to get podcasting out. Hold on, I want to do it. Yeah. Can we do so it right now? anyway, yeah. So but I will I link to a, a press release that was put out so that you can understand what that is. And if you have a hard time, you know, knowing this, they they have actually I think, you know, Lipson put out an email that went out last week where we even have bits and pieces of copy. You can put um, something on your on your own Facebook page, I'm sorry, Facebook wall or whatever, your profile page, or you can tweet something out to anybody that's like, you know, if you're like, you know what I mean? If you, if you are feeling like you need some, 
If you have some mental health support, you want some mental health support, you can listen to t- True Crime Podcast, My Favorite Murder, Tripod. Yes. <laughs> you know, something like that. My Favorite Murder. My Favorite Murder. I just wrote, if you can't sleep at night for whatever reason, try the Sleep With Me Podcast yeah. by Dear Scooter. Tripod. Exactly. So then that's it. I got to meet him in person. I know. He's awesome. What a delight. He's so sweet and lovely. He is. So I couldn't sweet. even stand it. And he's nothing like the way he is on the podcast, which I have to say, I was relieved by. And it's I was kinda, afraid I would fall asleep. Yeah, no, no. But that, but then, no, so he's you not guys boring. check that out. Hashtag tripod. Hashtag tripod. Share podcasting with somebody in the month of March. So we're going to be talking about this a little bit more in the next episodes as well. Yes. So that was my tool tip for the week. But now we're moving into our weird and wild show of the week. And that segment is um, supported by Team Podcast. Weird and wild. Weird and wild. Weird and wild. Show of the week. Okay. Okay. Well, if you haven't heard us talk about Team Podcast. Then you've been under um, a rock. The easiest way... Really. But the easiest way to sum it up is um, Team Podcast is basically your gal Friday of podcasting. So after the recording, anything you need done, show notes, social media, social writing, um, scheduling, all the things. They do all the things that you don't want to do. She's kind of like your – she and her team are like your right-hand man of podcasting. So check out teampodcast.com. And Elsie, you have an interesting one for us today. And I don't remember if we've talked about this one, but <clears throat> we do talk about sleep shows a lot. I know, which is so weird because so – But I, I feel I, like – I'm not – I can't I know remember. it, but I feel like I don't. I so know. go ahead. I'm not sure. So this is an article that I came upon again because, you know, I'm like constantly bumping into things and I'm like, ooh. This looks neat. So this is the No Sleep Podcast. The No Sleep Podcast. So basically the headline for this article that drew my attention is No Sleep Puts Horror Where It Belongs. In Your Head. So, yeah, another um, thing I would never be able to fall asleep to. <laughs> so, um, so the no see the no sleep podcast is a weekly anthology of audio horror stories that scares its listeners the old-fashioned way. Spooky tales spring to life through theatrical storytelling, subtle production, and taut writing. The I do actually really show- like that idea. Oh. Well, I know me too. The online show has attracted fans who appreciate the podcast knack for creating macabre and frightening thrills. Now. So here's macabre. What, the, what a macabre. great what a great word macabre. That might be my favorite word macabre. It's like bra. it's amazing because there's a bra bra at the bra end bra macabre. Bra bra bra. So, but this is why this was really a fantastic. It, it's gotten a lot of um, great success just from being put out there. But get how it started, guys. This is like so cool. So this is part of the article, and here we go. Here's a quote. Here we go. A fateful connection occurred when he visited, obviously, the host, the media aggregation and discussion website Reddit. There's a forum, or subreddit as they're called, that was created to be a community where people could post scary stories, he says. The focus is to make them seem real or plausible. Most are written in first person. I like to use the term campfire stories. So the forum grew in members. One day, someone advanced the idea of creating a podcast of the best stories. And although it wasn't Cummings' idea, he decided to do the narration. When no one else picked up the ball to get the episodes produced, I offered to do that. He recalls what he initially initially thought would be a temporary situation, eventually turned into a full-time career. Come on. Right? Isn't that amazing? I wonder, however, 
Let's see how many other subreddits we could turn into a podcast. I'm going on Reddit right now. I know. Because that was amazing. So basically, it's an it started amazing idea. On tw- it started in 2011. It was a grassroots effort. And it, it, it basically, with a bunch of like volunteers from the subreddit, you know, the Redditors or subreddit or whatever you call them. And they just started to create this thing and it, it, it just became its own thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. genius. And part of it is like, you know, you just, you just do it. And I guess what's so frustrating sometimes just do when, it. you know, whenever we, we get new podcasters or all, all that stuff, they're already thinking about how to monetize some of this stuff. And I think some of the people who are the most successful, around podcasting or that are the luminaries in the podcasting indie space are those of us that have started because we just had to podcast. We started with Mm. no plan. We just started because, oh my God, how fun would it be to voice these neat stories? Right. (laughs) I know. Let's do it. You know, And, and it was fun. And that's why whenever you start from that place, it just, it's sort of like, builds on itself and keeps building and building. And I think that that's fantastic. The guy's like, you know, living off of it now. So, yay. So I log on to Reddit. And first of all, I've never been able to get into Reddit because there's so many subreddits that I'm just so overwhelmed. So I decide to click to the top and around the top, or I guess I scrolled down a little bit. There's a, there's a statement that says, I can't tell if I'm an introvert or an asshole. (laughs) And so I click on it. And the first comment underneath says, don't limit yourself. Be both. <laughs> you know what? That, that would is be. Funny. I mean, just as a as a thought, that would be awesome. Just finding like the headline and like a comment, and then that would be the podcast episode. That's it. Like just that. And I then know. Out, and then the next episode would be just. How does this guy find the stuff he's finding? I mean, it's, it's just, like so many. There's jokes. Picks, well, there's but he, ask he's Reddit. really focused just on that one, though, Jess. He didn't go into subreddit and decide he wants to do a podcast on it. He went into subreddit because he was he really wanted to see. Yeah, he was those interested stories. in scary story. It was just a right. horror story. He didn't go and do anything such a else. good idea. You know, but it's it amazing the grand ideas we have about how to start a podcast. All of us are geniuses, truly. Yeah. And now we have we've mentioned three like so. Now there's the Sleep with Me podcast. There's mm-hmm. the Sleep Whispers podcast. And now welcome to the No Sleep podcast. <laughs> no sleep. <laughs> no sleep yeah. for you. And I mean, really, sometimes none of them help. Like right. if you are the type of person, have you ever drifted off thinking that people are talking to you and you answer back? Mm, no. That happened to me last night. Oh, no. Last night I was listening to him t- um, do a play-by-play <laughs> of Star Trek The Next Generation. And he was like, and then Picard says this, and then... He says, and maybe Picard asked someone else a question and I answered it in my sleep. I was like, that's not true. Oh, my God. <laughs> Give me so, and then I'm like, this, maybe this isn't working. It might be keeping me up. Okay, on to the next one. This I can't wait for it to listen to this because I'm just going to be quiet. I'll let you move through. So now we're moving on to some Jess's Pet Peeves, which is just sponsored one. by the lovely, the lovely happiness mama, Heather Ash, who is amazing. Heather Ash on Happiness Mama. She talks about practical self-care, mindfulness, and productivity for balance in life and business. You deserve happiness in every area of life. And so she talks about how we can transform our lives through small steps with a focus on self-care and living with intention. And she is the sweetest in the world. So check out happinessmama.com. And also she has a Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash happiness mama. And now... The pet peevicus. 
Jessica's pet peeve. Okay. I'm so glad that I was detained before recording this episode because the person <laughs> who detained me reminded me of several pet peeves, actually. Um, but the one that stuck out, I also know for a fact, is one of Elsie's pet peeves yes, as well. And that is when you've had a show and you're clunk 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 for a little while, and then you decide you're just going to not yank it from iTunes, but gather all of your content and just relaunch it as a new feed with the same name so that you can take advantage of new and noteworthy as if you've missed some window of opportunity to make a million dollars. Oh, my God. Dude. And he was convinced (sighs) convinced that this was a good idea no matter what i said but but and so i just was like there was no i wasn't sure if i talked him out of it but i just said you know i think your time would be better spent if you could focus on the show you have and the year's worth of clout that you've put into it and just grow your audience stop worrying about new and noteworthy because it's just a small window you really should be focused on growing the audience well but what if i grew the audience while it was a new and noteworthy and i was like right but that ship has sailed kind of though because it's not going to be there now. And what if they don't choose your show anyway for whatever reason? Right. I just couldn't – I just like it was like I couldn't talk them out of it. Yeah, that is a huge pet peeve. And I, I don't know. You know what? It's one of those things where it doesn't matter how many times I say this. You're going to do what you want to do. It's sort of like raising a teenager, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. But really, new and noteworthy does not – give you more it does not grow your audience you're gonna get maybe tops 100 to 200 extra downloads that may or may not stick around when it works is if you already have an existing fan base which means that like let's say okay marie forleo our um you know from b school which is we both jess and i did that um uh, online course a while ago that woman has thousands hundreds of thousands of people on her email list hundreds of thousands of people who are who who know who she is she's got a lot of people who already are watching her youtube uh, marie tv which is her youtube show people Mm -hmm. who are basically going into her blog she already has this gigantic base she just launched a podcast she -hmm. of course was on new and noteworthy and I'm sure that that also panned out very well for her because she's having her hundreds of thousands of her people that are downloading her show, which in iTunes, it looks like, ooh, she's getting so much. And then she's going to get a little bump because there she's got all her people downloading her show. So then it's going to pan out for her. It's actually going to probably bring her more awareness, more people uh, in iTunes because she'll, she's going to be front and center for quite a long time because she's got all of these listeners already. It doesn't work like that for almost anybody else. And I have said this before in the past. I've had New and Noteworthy in the front page, front page of New and Noteworthy. iTunes has has put it up there. They put it up there. And they did nothing. Maybe, again, like 100 to 200 downloads. That is it. And then they all went away. Well, this person didn't exactly stop there. So no. So, yeah, besides the fact that he wants to relaunch, which I'm not sure if I talked him out of, but at this point, who cares? So the social media audience is very low, very, very low, like Mm -hmm. less than 100, maybe 24 people on the Facebook page and like 100 on Twitter. And I was like, I can teach you how to grow it pretty fast. 
And, you know, and then I told him that price and he was like, well, I'd like to see a proposal where you give me a range of how much it'll grow by taking your advice. Hmm. And I was like, I can't really. He was like, you know, 10,000. Will I have 20,000 downloads? Will I have 30,000 downloads? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, so you can't, you know, he was wanting me to guarantee my work and quantify it numerically. Which, by the way, is sort of no offense, a dick thing to ask. Exactly. Because I can't control. Listen, you want me to tell you how to market something, that's fine. I don't have control over your budget. So either you're going to do a Facebook ad campaign for $100 or $100,000. That's going to guarantee your listenership, not me. I'll teach you what to do. Right. But I can't guarantee, I don't control you and whether or not you're going to cock up all the advice I gave you. Right. You know, or I just was like, and so finally to get him off the phone, I was like, um, he was wanting a proposal. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and put that together for you. But I'm not, I can't, it's just a silly thing to add. Don't ask someone to guarantee results when a coach is showing you what to do. Guarantee your own results. Why don't you make a goal of hitting a hundred thousand, you know, per episode and then learn what you can from people. You can't make the coach guarantee that you're going to have any kind of success. No yeah. coach will guarantee that. Well, ever, actually, right? there are some. No, there there's some out there that do that exactly for podcasting. In fact, I'll send them to that person because I don't want that person working with you. Okay. And he does. He actually does that. He does all the stuff. He does all the stuff like the new and noteworthy thing. He does all the stuff with. Uh, I'm sure he does the uh, Twitter bombing. Uh, stuff because that you can guarantee him with twitter bombing you can have him put his url into um his twitter account just the his mp3 url right the one that draws straight from there tell him to schedule i don't know 100 to uh 500 or something like that tweets per hour just clinking to that and then his web you know his download numbers will skyrocket he can also do the same thing at product hunt he could just do product hunt and put his direct url to the mp3 in product hunt and that will skyrocket skyrocket his download numbers that means nothing for the kind of audience that he has in fact you can have him do that see the the downloads like go up like crazy and then have him not do that and then you'll see how little of an audience he actually has how little of a reach he actually has and how masterfully he will fail if he has a sponsor because he I has think what no I might reach. also have him do is just eat your shorts because it sounds like that's what you're <laughs> suggesting yeah eat my shorts no totally or send him to this guy who keeps on coming popping up that everything he goes he's got these headlines that are like the three you know, mysteries on how to make millions of dollars podcasting or something like that. And then he'll, he'll sort of have like one, two, three. And then it says, but for the rest of it, you have to sign or download my, my ebook sign up here. And I always want to punch him in the face. So I'll send him to that um, guy because like, he seems I, like I wish I knew who you're talking about. I know I me don't. too because I keep forgetting, and now every time I like he he always um yeah, uh, how do you say it this new title baits new me evil. He has really great titles, and I'm always like interested, and I'm like ah every time I land on his website, I'm like oh he got me again, and then I just go away. I don't mm, even read. Now I'm even more intrigued. Mm. So anyway, anyway that's think, my pet peeve. Right. Don't relaunch your flipping show don't in the new it. and noteworthy. It's just crazy talk. You crazy have no talk. reason to do that. Why don't you focus on the audience you have, growing the audience you have in an organic fashion, yeah. and stop worrying so much about numbers, 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 numbers. Oh my gosh, no, it sucks. Because then he also asked me, like, well, what number would I define as success? 
And I was like, I don't know, like a thousand per week, ten thousand per week. If I hit ten thousand, I'd want twenty thousand per week. Like, I don't know. What do you define as success? And I mean, his definition of success is to be able to, I guess, podcast full time. Well, you're gonna have a long time to wait, I think. Oh, please. I I couldn't do it, Jess. You are so much better than I am. I would break up with At him in what? a second. I I I'm having a conversation I'm not good with at this it. guy. I passive aggressively said okay, and no, then, I will passively. I no, I will not passively. <laughs> I would just be like, dude, you need to work with this person because they're so perfect for you. Don't work with me ever again. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. That's what I would say. Yeah, I don't think just that I'm better. I'm not the hammer. I was trying to be nice, and then I got off the phone, still being nice, and now passive aggressively not be as nice. I don't think that's better. Do you really? No, I just know what I'm saying is like I would have been like, no, dude, this totally sucks. Stop it. Bye bye. This is what you're going to do. And I mean, it's the show is not anything um, haha, noteworthy because it's just interviews with the same entrepreneurs who are trying to set their life on fire in some way. I mean, let me take a look. I'm pretty sure. I mean, just the title of it, which I don't want to say is. Yeah, I mean, it's like, actually, in the most recent episode, they're talking about Trump supporters. And then the one after that, it was about um, uh, making America. It's very, I guess it's political. I guess it's a political show, but it's still interviews with people. Whatever. I don't want to end on that note, but I think we're over. We're done. We're finished. Don't do that, people. Let's not end on that note. Don't do that, people. So wait, wait. um, But here's, here's what does work. Having somebody that loves you. That supports you and that has your back. So Happiness Malma's latest episode basically has to do with when you're struggling. When you're struggling, maybe this guy needs to listen to Happiness Mama. So this is what I want you guys to do to support to some support somebody who's actually doing some incredible work and that we really have their back and we want to work with. Go over to iTunes, search for Happiness Mama, and subscribe. Subscribe to our show. Please. That's it. Just do that. Yeah. And that is like that. That's going to bring a lot more awareness to somebody who really is passionate, has is willing to work, work hard, doesn't care about new and noteworthy. She's been, you know, I don't know. It just makes me angry. So might as well yeah. concentrate on somebody who's doing some fantastic Everything stuff out there. Everything she just said. Also, yeah. I wanted to go back to Podfest just for a minute and thank all the people that hugged me and said hi. I was, I mean, besides Elsie, who I always love to see. There's so many people that I'm overjoyed to hang out with, like Harry Duran for Podcast Junkies and Ramona Rice, Amanda Dowdy, Dave Jackson and Glenn Hebert, who I didn't get to see as much, and Jessica Jones and Shell Hamilton and Ryan Gray and Katie and Chris, of course. Um, Natalie Ekdahl wasn't there. That was really – it was sad because we usually have like our gaggle of girls. But um, Tina Dietz and Heather – Christy Hausler, Jonathan Oaks, and Liz Covart, and Daryl Darnell, and Daniel J. Lewis, and Mark Johansson. And I got to finally meet Chris Kern in person, which was nice. Danny Pena, I love to hug you. Diane Daniels made me pee my pants laughing. Deborah Williams. Oh, my God. Yes. McClellan, Jen Burton. We finally get to meet in person. And it was just really great. I know I didn't name everybody, but it was lovely. So lovely to see you. Thank you. And Elsie, we're going to have to make more time to spend together. Yes, I know. Because I miss you. But I love you. It was the highlight of my year so far. It's hugging you. I know you mean it. Love you. Mean it.